Alright guys, hey, what's happening? Uh, this is your host, uh, Danny. I'm the commissioner of our MWFL Fantasy League. Uh, just wanted to welcome everyone. Hopefully everyone in our league's listening to this. But I just wanted to figure if we can just do a show where um, it could be, I might do it two days in a row, and then I might not do it again for another five days. I'm not going to really have a set schedule like with our videos where it was every Wednesday. Um, and I'll cover things in the league like this. What we're going to do hit up today's show is going to be, we'll have where I do a couple team reviews. Um, it'll be Matt who had the first pick, and then I'm going to go with Dino Smoke Meat, the Dino Dan, uh, go with his team review where I base it off of a grade and we'll hit up kind of each position. In the past, I would always base it off entire team. So sometimes your bench, which might not even play a huge factor, can kind of bring the overall team down. But the way I'm going to do it this year is I'm going to base it off of everyone who's a starter. And then a bench will be a separate category. And we'll hit up each player and we'll have some tip or not tips, some um, thoughts that I might have on each player. We'll also do, um, we'll do a little bit of, I'll go over things where we talk about um, maybe some waiver wire moves that had gone down, uh, maybe trades or just other, other news in our league and news in real football as well. We'll try to cover those different things. So hopefully it's entertaining. If it's something that you guys enjoy, um, I mean, sometimes I can have fun with it. I don't want to get anyone's feelings hurt. If I, I'm not going to be in here and railing at anybody because, uh, as we'll cover, even I make boneheaded moves sometimes, or you know, we make gambles. That's what it comes down to a lot of times with our waiver wire pickups or our trades. Um, and sometimes it look can look completely stupid on paper, but we don't know. You know, I mean, honestly, if if you looked at, I have a player on my team, uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. I actually enjoyed watching him. Uh, that's one of the reasons I drafted Kyler Murray was because I enjoyed watching him in college. Same with Saquon Barkley, and then I wanted him on my pro team uh, when they got to the pros. So Marquise Brown, he might lead the Ravens in targets. He might not. He's a rookie. He was the first-round pick. Uh, he's just got incredible speed. He's super fast. When he got the ball, uh, he just could make moves. Um and he's been compared to kind of like a Deshaun Jackson. But if you look at the rating, there's probably, geez, a good 10 wide receivers who are on the waiver wire right now in our league that are ranked higher than him. You know, I mean, some of them in the late 20s, 30s. I think he's all the way down to, like, wide receiver in the 60s or maybe even 70s. So common sense would be go grab what's best. But sometimes, you know, with a lot of us, we might go after someone we really enjoy. You know, we'll take a player from our team or we'll take a player uh, that we just really like to watch or someone who we think has a high ceiling or potential. So that's the only reason I have Brown. I'm scared to dump him. Last year, I remember uh, with George Kittle. I only got George Kittle because Elijah took David Njoku and he already had a tight end. So when he took it, I was like, are you kidding me? And there was nothing left. I remember the only reason I grabbed Kittle is because I know he had played one year uh, and the 49ers in that offense with Jimmy G, he's going to have to throw to, to a tight end once in a while, and I took a shot. Um, I actually cut him before the season started after the draft and picked up Tyler Eifert because the rankings had Tyler Eifert higher. And that goes back to, like I was saying with Hollywood Brown, he's not ranked as high, but you don't know. You don't want to be the guy to draft a guy, cut him, and then watch him just go off and someone else grabs him after the week one waiver wire, and now you're kicking yourself. And I actually draft Kittle. No one grabbed him before this for week one, and I picked him back up because of that reason. I was like, what if he has a great game one against Minnesota? You know, what if he just has a solid game and he goes out there, and I'm like, man, 
I took Eifert and left, left Kittle and, you know, someone else, another Niner fan in our league, we have plenty, grabs him off the waiver wire. So uh, I that's the only reason, you know, that's why sometimes you look at a team and be like, well, why has he got him? That guy's not going to do much. Well, you never know. You don't – if you enjoy a player in college and then he gets to the pros, I mean, there's there's a couple right now who at one point I might pick up who I loved in college, um, but they're not expected to do much. So everyone bases it off different things. So right now, that's just a rundown how we're going to be with the show where we, I might just talk football. Um, I can always take if you have any things you want to talk about or if you have any questions or anything comes up uh, or even hot topics in the league. I'll try to cover it because this is so much easier than just doing the video where I got to put photos and slides. This is where we just talk about what's going on. And I'm still going to do the weekly videos. I really enjoyed it. I don't know how you guys view it, but when I um, used to do it, you know, I would do everything from scratch, take our team photos and scores and whatever, and just put it on there. But when I figured I would start doing it like the old style ESPN, where they would have the scores and then each team and their top players of the team and the schedule, the who they're playing next week. I mean, if you guys remember how, to me, I liked it. I thought it looked really professional. I was excited for that. So I love doing that. I love doing it and seeing it afterwards because it does. It almost looks like, you know, I mean, it's straight ripped from SportsCenter. So, I mean, it's for ESPN. So I really enjoy doing that, and it gives it kind of a real professional look as opposed to the past where it had our team photo and maybe some stats in it, but it looked a little cheesy, but it was better than nothing. It was better than just straight reading about it. So let's get on with our first up team review. All right, first up, we will hit up Matt. Matt's team, I think it's still called Girly Men. I mean, he could change it any time, but uh, I mean, why not? Todd Gurley's awesome. We're going to hit up, start, whenever I reach each team, we're not going to go with the draft picks, what they did with their first pick, this and that. I'd covered it that way before. I'm just going to go from quarterback down, and this is based on starters only. First, we're going to cover his quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Now, he kept him on a five-year contract. Hey, that's one of those things... Matt believes Baker Mayfield's going to be, you know, the next Aaron Rodgers. So if you got Aaron Rodgers hitting his second year, why on earth would you not lock that guy up? So he knows he's got his quarterback set. He's got a guy that he can count on. I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to be a bust. But he's got a lot of pressure on him now, and he's got the weapons to deliver. Um, First-round talent, you know, so he has no excuses. He's doing a lot of talking, as anyone could see, um, in the offseason. And that's just his personality. If you knew anything about him in college where, you know, he's grabbing his crotch, you know, to the opposing team and uh, sticking the flag. I actually like the part with the flag. I mean, especially with college, when you got the rivalry like that, you're going to see things like that. I like that. So I like parts like that with Baker Mayfield. I don't like when he questions things or starts blaming the media using the old-fashioned clickbait crap. You know, Aaron Rodgers says that sometimes a lot. That's kind of the new thing going around. But I like Baker Mayfield, regardless of what people say. I like guys who make the sport enjoyable, make you want to talk about the sport. If everyone's so clean cut, I mean, that's great for sportsmanship, but if everything's so clean cut, there's not a lot to say. So Matt has Baker Mayfield. I have him uh, based on I've taken ESPN rankings, the magazine I have, which you saw on the draft board. Some of them, they're way off. Uh, but the, I know I've taken a couple things where they base it off tiers and uh Overall, and also I throw my opinion. You know, I'm not some expert, but I'm a guy who's been watching football for over 30 years. And uh, looking at Baker Mayfield with everything, uh, he uh, he grades out as a B. You know, almost B plus, but B. It's hard to give him uh, an A at this rate. I mean, really, when he only played half a year last year. And the down thing on Baker Mayfield is he does struggle against um, some of the top teams. 
his stats. He really lit up the Bengals, I believe, two times. Um, and he had some other good games, but nothing incredible. Remember the Thursday night game against the Jets when he came in? Uh, he had a pretty solid game. Uh, but he didn't, against every team, he did not come up and just dominate. He didn't destroy the Ravens. Um, so he put up some pretty good numbers on some bad teams. This will be the year we'll see with that offense and with all the players around him. So he grades out at a B. Let's hit up Matt's running backs. Todd Gurley, uh, the last two years, has been basically the best running back. RB1 last year. The only reason he wasn't RB1, Saquon Barkley finished as RB1, was because he got injured. You know, he had the, or quote-unquote injured, regardless of what the Rams say. They want to act like he didn't get hurt. But he, yeah, he's got something with his knee. Um, and they did say where they're still going to use him. They're saying he's 100% healthy. He's going to be okay. He's going to be out there playing. But he might see 15 carries a game. Even at that, I still say he's going to be a top 10 uh, running back. He might finish RB8, RB9, um, which is still a first-round talent. But he, I don't. Th I think the days of 40 touchdowns in two years, you know, is gone for Gurley. The fact that they drafted Daryl Henderson in the third round, and uh, they they still have Malcolm Brown. They still have other guys uh, that I think they're going to divide the workload. Henderson's going to be more like a Austin Eckler was supposedly last year for the Chargers where he comes in, makes some catches, you know, third down at times. Malcolm Brown will probably see a, a several more touches. But um, Gurley, yeah, he's still – to my, I would still love to have Gurley on my team. And then Josh Jacobs, first overall pick in our draft. Now we look at that. That's probably Josh Jacobs, I would have said, probably gone – Based on 50-plus guys kept under contract, that looks like he's probably a, a late fourth, early fifth round pick, um, which is about where he's going. Some drafts even have him going in the third round. So it's kind of a steal. To get the first pick overall is still does still matter because, I mean, I was hoping. I didn't think at all he would follow me with the 13th pick with all the guys and all the running backs needed with so many locked up. So good pick for Matt. Uh, his running backs, both of them combined, based on overall rankings, grayed out as a B which is very good. Um, let's cover his wide receivers. Mike Evans, he kept him under contract. Mike Evans is based on, you know, several different, I've read different things on him. Uh, a minus, B plus, somewhere around there. I would give him an A minus. Uh, he's going to probably have to, with Deshaun Jackson gone, there's going to be more more um, targets to go around, but you do have Chris Godwin coming up as the number two can play the slot, and if you listen to Bruce Arians, he's saying he believes Godwin's going to get probably 100 catches. Who knows, you know, with coach speak, the way they do it. But Mike Evans is still, no doubt, number one receiver there. He keeps getting 1,000 yards. If he stays healthy, and he usually does, but he does occasionally get hurt, um, that's Matt's number wide receiver one. He's easily a top 12 wide receiver run right there for Matt. The next two... Deshaun Jackson, who we were talking about, went back to Philly. I think he's going to have a good year. The problem with Deshaun Jackson is he's always a boomer bust. He'll go out there, get you three catches, and get you 100 yards. So right there you're looking at if he gets a touchdown as well, you know, a 20-plus point game. That's great. Then the next two games he goes out and gets two catches for 12 yards. He's not a guy who's going to get like a Mike Evans or, you know, like um, – Demaryius Thomas when he was in Denver where he's going to get you know the red zone looks he's not going to get uh, oh seven catches for 70 you know Robert Woods seven catches 70 yards classic Robert Woods he's not going to get that um, so he's kind of a gamble but he's a great flex and I believe that's where Matt has him now because his other wide receiver is Josh Gordon who knows what to expect with there Gordon had a few solid games last year before he left and had his other issues 
But I do like Josh Gordon for Matt. Um, I think with um, Gronk gone, that's going to only increase Gordon's workload. He's, uh, I don't want to say, I, I, we all know Edelman's probably the number one receiver there who did hurt his wrist, fell in that hand that he had surgery on in the last preseason game. No idea why he's even in that fourth game. Uh, Gordon, yes, he does need to get some reps, but Edelman should not have been in that game. So I don't know. I haven't heard anything on Edelman if he's actually hurt bad. I don't believe he is. I think he's on track to play week one. But I would think Gordon's still wide receiver one. He's going to be the deep threat guy. But he can. Gordon can get you seven catches, 70 yards, and possibly a touchdown. So I like Gordon more than Deshaun Jackson, even though Deshaun, personally, I like him more as a player. But um, he still continues to have his speed. They're saying in Philly that he looks faster this year than he did last year, which is amazing because we saw what him and Fitzpatrick did. So it's just another weapon for Carson Wentz, um, who Brian drafted very smartly. Year after year, Brian always gets a solid quarterback who always just has breakthrough seasons like Goff a couple years ago. So looking at Matt's receivers, his starters, he got a B. You guessed it. You know, um, So far, Matt's team is looking really solid. Uh, let's get to his next thing, the tight end. Now, Tight end's tricky. He got Evan Ingram. On paper, Evan Ingram, you go, hmm, you know, he's a wide receiver in a tight end body. Uh, I had him his rookie year two years ago, and he was awesome. But that's only because Odell got hurt, Sterling Shepard got hurt. It's similar to how Kittle was last year, where a player gets a lot of good numbers because he's one of the few targets they had. Um, last year, if you see Ingram, he he was not as good because there was other weapons there. I can't remember if Ingram got hurt last year at all, but his numbers were down. Um, and this year, though, with injuries, with Tate being suspended four games, Odell Beckham gone, I think Ingram's going to have a better year, similar to his rookie year, if not better. He's going to know the offense better. His third year, I think he's going to have a better season than last year. So even though they have him ranked lower, um, and the grade that uh, I gave him, I think he's gonna. At the end of the season, he could finish as you know a tight end, you know tight end six. If he did top five, I wouldn't be shocked. He's got the talent for it. It's just can Eli get him the ball? I don't think Eli's gonna be taking too many deep shots, so it might be Ingram and Barkley all day. Um, but his tight end, based on the rankings I've gotten and everything I've read, is a C plus. You know, I think he can finish better than that, but he is a C plus. That goes into Matt's grade. Really good tight end. Now let's get to his defensive player, Blake Martinez. I don't believe, I can't remember if Matt made that pick. He was one of the last top seven linebackers left. So I think we just gave him uh, Blake Martinez, who uh, has been consistently good. You know, I mean, if you've got a good linebacker and there's at least 12 of them in the NFL, that on average, they will get you 20 points a game. That's good. They might occasionally break for a 30 plus and then maybe the next week 14 17 but overall there's several linebackers that'll average 20 points if you look well and Blake Martinez is one of them for Green Bay and their defense is getting even better the whole thing is you hope the their offense scores quick with Aaron Rodgers that's one thing you want to look at I think with a lot of times the defensive players uh here's a uh, plain tip if you don't know um look for the teams that uh their offenses score quick or uh they don't score that much at all because then you got a defense that's going to be on the field a lot, you know, and think about it. If you have a defense that is constantly on the field or their opponent, you know, they play is a high offense and they get a big lead. What do they do? They run who makes the tackles a lot of times the linebackers. So there's a tip for you on how to find a good defensive player. Um, but Blake Martinez. Yeah, he's a B. He's a B. He's not, he's not Darius Leonard like Austin has. Uh, he's not key. Uh, Luke Keekley, like uh, Dino has, who will cover his team next. 
but he is a solid uh, B. Good player. You can't complain with him. Rather of him than a lot of DBs. And his last starter is the Chargers defense. Now, they did lose Derwin James. That's the only reason that uh, I actually dropped the grade a little higher. They are Most people I look at, they're ranked in the top 10. They're not in the top 5. Um, they do have two great passwords. In our league, I think it's better because we give a little more points for uh, sacks and things like that. And when you got Bosa and, uh, what is it, Ingram, yeah, you got two solid teams right there, or two solid players right there alone, even though you lost Erwin James. Um, I think Matt's defense is good, good. It's better than uh, a lot of other teams out there, um, my, mine included. My defense is not solid. Mine's going to probably be a, a streamer. But the Chargers have a really good D, and they're a team that uh, will score offensively, and if they get the lead, kind of wear a defense down. So um, good defense for Matt, and that is a B. So if we look at Matt's, all his starters, everything up, his overall team grade is a B. You know, I mean, I'm not going to put, I used to put percentages on it and stuff, but I'm not doing that anymore. Um, Matt's team is a B. Like I said, and I cover each position. So if you wonder, well, how did he get to that? Matt's big weakness, this is where we get to his bench. It's a C plus, you know, and, and I'm not going to have too many benches that are D's or F's. I don't have any F's. I don't run any F's in our grading system. Um, so a C, even at a C, you're like, eh, that's one that's usually, mm. we'll cover some of the players on his bench. If, if I don't mention a player on his bench, it usually means that's someone he's hoping for potential or someone who's waiting in line for a job. That maybe if there's an injury, bam, now that guy's a, you know, an RB2 or a wide receiver too, someone who could step up. Um, but Phillip Rivers, that's his, his backup quarterback. Can't complain there. Rivers is solid. You know, we'll see what they do with the offense without Melvin Gordon, who I think they're not going to miss. Uh, at least the stats show they won't miss him. Um, Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis started the first half last year really well. Here's the thing with Deion Lewis. When the Titans, they were also talking about this. I, I heard uh, them speak on the Titans. Derrick Henry, when he had those monster games towards the end of the year and throughout the year, if the Titans have a lead, Derrick Henry is the man. The Colts are similar with this too. I'll cover on Dan, uh, Dino Dan's team next. But when they have a lead, they're, they're, um, Derrick Henry is the one who's going to get more touches. When it's tie, excuse me, when it's tie or they're losing, it's going to be Deion Lewis getting the screen passes. So to have Deion Lewis on your bench. That's not bad. I mean, he's not someone I want to go start right now. If, you know, with uh, my team, Zeke Elliott holds out, I'm not going to go, oh, where's Deion Lewis? I need Deion Lewis. Because it's all based on game script. And when you're based like that, now you have to hope he's playing a bad team or you got to hope they're playing terrible um, as opposed to going, you know what, I know my guys are going to go out there and get 15 touches at least. So Deion Lewis can be good. If anything happens to Henry, now Deion Lewis is really good. So uh, Terrell Williams. I think I think he's I think he's good. I think he's a good flex some weeks with Antonio Brown and the Raiders. Brown taking a lot of coverage. We've seen what Terrell Williams did with the Chargers last year. He had only a few games, but that's because the Chargers had so many weapons. The Raiders they have some solid weapons. I think uh, Carr is going to be tough not to go deep. I know last year he did not go deep very much. Barely used Amari Cooper. That's why they shipped him out. They didn't want to pay him all that money because they didn't really know how much his heart was into it. But with Terrell Williams and uh, Antonio Brown, I like Williams as a as another guy you might plug in one week. He's not a guy I'm going to go and put as a starter, but he's a guy who, if I said, hey, you know what, my receiver's out, I know, hey, my base, forget game script, there's a chance there that Terrell Williams can have a big game. So he's pretty good. And then his last guy that we'll cover is 
he dropped Will Fuller. You know, Will Fuller is someone personally, I one of my favorite players. Um, I've had him since his rookie year. I had him last year. Every year, uh, he goes out 20, 30 points a game with uh, Deshaun Watson. He's exciting. He can make he can make the 10 yard catch or he can make the 50 yard catch and run it upfield. I love Will Fuller. The only reason I didn't pick him up is uh, he gets injured. You know, he's very fragile. He gets injured, and he, do you want that again? Um, Matt had him, and I liked it for Matt. Um, I thought he could have even snuck him in, but how often is Matt going to play him with his roster? So Matt went and dropped him, Will Fuller, uh, who is actually ranked higher than this guy. But like I said, sometimes we draft guys and say, this guy I think has a better offense or this guy has less weapons. He picked up Dante Moncrief, and I've heard nothing but good things about Moncrief. The only downside with him is that he will start the season as number two, most likely. But you got James Washington, who Austin has. And Washington uh, is very fast. This is, I think, Washington. He could be a possible sleeper where he might be a breakout candidate uh, playing in that role where um, uh, Juju was sometimes in the slot. And Juju was awesome there. Now Juju's outside. And you'll have Moncrief, who was with the Colts a few years and had really good years with Andrew Luck. So we know he can be a, uh, a wide receiver too easily. He already has been. Um, he just got hurt with Jacksonville, and then, I mean, you got Blake Bortles thrown to you. Not the good Blake Bortles, the bad one. Um, so Moncrief's more of a gamble, but he, he some of the experts saying, hey, he's going to start the season wide receiver two in Big Ben's offense, that Steeler offense, that could be a wide receiver two already in itself. And even though Moncrief was hurt last year, he's been more durable and bit, been more um, consistent than Will Fuller. So that is Matt's team. So his bench is a C. His bench has a lot of potential. Um, a few guys you might trust, but not a bench you're going to go, oh my, that's really good. So that is Matt's team. Excellent. Overall, B. Excited to see what he can do, especially with his running backs, his receivers. And it, I think Baker Mayfield's going to, his team's going to hinge on that. If Mayfield does not improve upon last year um, and Matt's out there getting 17 points with his quarterback, that could be the difference. Because a lot of us, the way the draft looks here, as I went through some of the teams, we'll see each one. Um, you'll see that sometimes just one position. If you've got a dominating tight end like Travis Kelsey, who's the A-plus, only A-plus tight end in our league that Brian has, that's a difference. You know, He goes out and gets wide receiver numbers and everything else is even up the board or you have better running backs and you just barely beat them. Kelsey could be the difference, man. So um, we'll see. If Baker Mayfield, I think, is Matt's difference maker. Uh, so that's Matt's team. Now, the next team we will cover. Let's get to Dino. You know, Dino Dan, I always forget what it is it. It's smoked meat every day, I think it is. But I always call it Dino Smoked Meat Dan or something. I always jack it up. So Dino Dan, your team, we'll cover that right now. And here we go. Start, like I said, at the top with the quarterback. Drew Brees. When Dino Dan made this pick, he was excited. You know, hey, I got Brees. And um, normally any other year, I would agree. Do I hate Breeze? No. I still like Breeze. Uh, what, do, what do the experts say? They, Some of them have him in the teens. Just based on what? Last year. He didn't have any injuries or nothing. But the last like seven games for Drew Breeze. And this is what's funny is that Austin had him last year. And if anyone was at the draft, you heard us talking about uh, how we almost had a, a blockbuster deal. It was on the table, ready to pull the trigger. And it just didn't, didn't happen. But um, I was trying to get Drew Breeze in the package because I looked at the schedule and I was like, oh, Breeze has some big games against Atlanta, you know, in the playoffs. And this is going to be good. Our, our league playoffs, not the football NFL playoffs. And I ended up not getting them. And uh, it actually worked out for me. But 
Breeze didn't do anything. Had I, had I played Breeze, I would have. I don't know if I would have lost the games based on points, but he didn't do anything. Um, and I think they said the last six to seven weeks of the season, he was like QB twelve or some some double digit number. Uh, and some were speculating his arm strength. If you saw the NFC Championship game, uh, you saw other than one play, I think there at the end where he hit Ted Ginn, where they should have won before the non-pass interference call. Um, that he he didn't really attempt too many downfield. His arm strength uh, seems to be weakening. We don't know if it's with age or what. Um, that one, if you watch that play too, it almost was picked. It could have been picked, but Ginn just made a great play and caught it. Uh, that's one of the things they've been talking about, Drew Brees. I want to see. I think he's just start out hot. Drew Brees usually starts out. He's you know he's opposite of uh, the Angels who always start slow. Um, if I can cross sports, but Brees I think is going to start hot. They got a great running game. Uh, they'll, I think he'll get everything going to Colston or not Colston. I'm sorry, Michael Thomas. I'm thinking old school. Um, Michael Thomas and uh, they'll go from there. I think he's going to be fine. Is he the Drew Brees of old? He No, he's not. I don't think that Drew Brees will ever come back. And the mere fact that they have a great defense. You know, when the, the Saints used to not have a great defense. And he had to do all those throws. He had to make all those plays. And he doesn't have to do that anymore. So, Brees is good. Brady, who knows? With Brady, it doesn't matter. Brady I'm, um, had one of the strongest arms in football when Moss was there. I remember watching an old quarterback competition. I don't know if you guys ever watched those old QB shows they used to have. I loved those when I was growing up. And they'd go in Hawaii, you know, and they have some of the top 12 quarterbacks. The quarterback club, they called it. And uh, they would go and um, Brady was there once and had the strongest throw. It was over like 67 yards, 60 yards. He's got a heck of an arm. I He doesn't really do that. He has in the last few years. I remember me and Eric watching, uh, Jose was here as well, watching the Super Bowl with the Falcons. And he threw for over 500 yards. And I remember we kept looking at each other like, these yard, where are these yards coming from? He had like maybe 45 to 50 attempts. A lot of them were just dink and dunk. And I'm not going to knock him. You know, if, if it works, it worked. You win a Super Bowl. You can't say, oh, this guy sucks. He can't throw 30 yards downfield anymore. Well, if you don't have to, you take what the defense gives you. And Brady carved him up. He could still do that now. But he didn't do that last year. Uh, the regular season, he was not. He had some real mediocre games, where he was, you know, QB in the teens. Um, but and now Gronk's gone. So will they open up the more the offense? They got some younger wide receivers. You know, Flash Gordon's back a whole season. We'll see. Um, I think he'll have a better year this year than last year. But just like Breeze, how much longer? You know, is are they going to be able to hold on? Is this the year? You know, that's what they say with the old quarterbacks. Is this a year where you fall off the map? I don't think so. Not with Brady, at least. I think Breeze will – I think both are going to be fine. But neither of them are going to be, I think, a top five QB at the end of the year. Breeze, I think the first half of the season could be. I'm sorry. I'm talking so long on this. This is going to go forever. I didn't plan it to go more than 15 minutes. It's almost at 30 minutes. Um, yeah, but Breeze and Brady, uh, he gets a B- minus at quarterback. Um, just in the fact that if you go by name, you're giving them an A. You're automatic, assuming. Um, but I think, I think Breeze, especially if you look at the matchup, he's got some tough matchups. He's going to have to throw a, some of these games early on, and I think he'll do well. I think Brady's got a easier division, so I think Brady. It's going to be pick and choose for Dino. You know, what game does he feel like playing him? Who has the better matchup? Because both of them can go out and throw for 400 yards, especially Brady in that dink and dunk offense. It always works. So that's his quarterbacks. Let's get to his running backs now. He's got 
who's that? Uh, Aaron Jones, I believe that is. I believe that's Aaron Jones from the Packers, and that is Marlon Mack from the Colts. Uh, Aaron Jones, everybody's talking about him, how great he's going to be in that offense. Now the Packers finally decided to commit to a running back. Jamal Williams will still have touches. Don't get me wrong. He's still going to have touches. But Aaron Jones last year when they went to him, oh, my goodness, the guy was awesome for that team. The defenses can't stack the box when you got Aaron Rodgers. So for Dino Dan to get Aaron Jones in the first – what was that? He might have been his second pick, possibly his third because he had – memory he had trades. So he had a couple picks in the first round. But great pick by by Danny. Uh, I thought that was awesome. He, Dan, Dan, Dino Dan had some really solid picks to improve his team because he had some good players already under contract, but he had no real superstars unless they break out this year. But Aaron Jones, I loved it. Loved the pickup. Uh, Marlon Mack, I liked it. Without luck, some say, okay, that offense is going to be terrible. I don't think so. Jacoby Brissett was good, and then he sat last year, and he knows this offense. And now you've got Jacoby Brissett in his third year. Really good quarterback. I think he's really good. I think he's underrated. And now Marlon Mack is going to be relied on even more. Um, and then interesting fact. You know, Dino Dan, remember when we had the draft, he did draft later on Naheem Hines, who I like. Steve had him last year. I don't know if he had him all year. But Naheem Hines had some really good games. He's a great receiving back out of the backfield. And uh, they. I heard a stat on this where they said the game's similar, like we were talking about with Matt's team, um, when the team was winning, like who was Matt we were talking about? Oh, Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry. When the Colts were winning, Marlon Mack, had more carries when they were losing. Naheem Hines got a lot more touches. Naheem Hines seemed to be back because they had to keep passing to him. So Dino Dan's got them both. So he's set. I mean, if you know, you're not going to go out there and play both unless you have no choice. Then hey, that that might even work though. If you play both, then you know at least you got one running back that's going to get probably 15 to 20 points. But Marlon Mack is awesome. You know, I think he's underrated. Uh, I think Jacoby Brissett's underrated. And I think the Colts team's going to do a little better. I don't think they're winning that division like they could have with Luck. I mean, Luck is a, a generational talent, a freak, an awesome, uh, mentally awesome player. If you've ever heard stories about him, you know, he's asking for – he goes up there with like six or seven audibles, they would say. And he knew the playbook and he wanted more plays and more. Matt Hasselbeck, I, someone shared a story where Matt Hasselbeck – uh, he said, you know, when I got to the Colts, I used to tell the Seahawks, you know, oh, yeah, when I was in Seattle, give me more plays, give me more plays. And he said he went to Indianapolis to be Lux backup, and he was like, slow it down. This is too much. I can't take all this. And Lux just going up like it's nothing. You know, he went to Stanford. Obviously, the guy has some intelligence. But I still think the Colts are going to do well. So I really like Dino Dan's uh, running backs, and so do the experts. None of them are um, Todd Gurley, uh, Alvin Kamara superstars. But they're both solid running backs who I think can both be RB2s, definitely RB2s, but on the edge of RB1 talent. And they're both, he gets a B for them. And here we get to his receivers. Galladay and Westbrook, he kept those two under contract, one year each. Dino Dan was playing it safe in the offseason. I honestly might have kept both of them two years each. I mean, I know he wanted to spread it, but Galladay is going to, he's the Detroit Lions' number one receiver, you know, and. He uh, Westbrook is, regardless of what he says, the Jaguars' number one receiver. And now you've got Nick Foles, who is a proven, talented quarterback with Philly, his first run around with Chip Kelly there, and then when he took him to the Super Bowl and won. I really like Foles in that offense, in that team. I think the defense is going to play better because they're not going to be on the field so long. 
But Galladay and Westbrook, D.D. Westbrook, all I'm hearing from experts is D.D., D.D., D.D.'s this, D.D., get him. Dino Dan had him, so no one could even draft him. I think he would have been a first-round pick in our league. Same with Galladay. Galladay is the Lions' number one. Marvin Jones is two. I think Galladay's going to have a breakout year where at the end of the season, Dino Dan will be like, don't. Home, pulling a Homer Simpson, wishing he had maybe kept him for two years. And then, you know, he might not. I don't expect him to to not um, be a top receiver. Uh, Galladay's awesome. Westbrook's awesome. And then he drafted really, you know, later in the round. Didn't he have to reach or anything? I got He, he got a steal with Antoine Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, man. Austin, that one's for you. You know you like that one. Antoine Jeffrey. That was so good when you did that Dino Dan. Oh, Alshon Jeffrey. Yes, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, he's the he's Philly's number one. I would assume. I mean, and I, you would say Zach Ertz, but you got Goddard there. You got Deshaun Jackson. You got the the running back now. I mean, you got talented guys there, but Alshon's still going to be the guy who's going to be the red zone threat. And if that's your flex and you got Galladay and Westbrook, I think people are mistaking Dan, Dino Dan's receivers as, oh, you know, he doesn't have any A-plus receiver. Well, at the end of the season, Westbrook and Galladay could be that. We know what Alshon Jeffrey is. He's a B receiver. But um, putting all three of his uh, wide receivers together, Dino Dan gets a B. They're really good. Um, I think they have major talent and major upside. That's something with some of Danny's guys too. Aaron Jones, Mack, Galladay, Westbrook, major upside. So I like those. That's probably the strongest part of his team right there. Not the quarterback, which he loves. Not the running backs. But he's got two good ones. Don't get me wrong. But the receivers. We'll get to his tight end next. And I don't know which one he's going to start. He kept Cook under a one-year contract, which was very smart because he went to the Saints. And then he drafted David Njoku, who's on a high-power-up Browns offense. Um, Njoku, are they going to go to him? They got so much. that They're like the Eagles. Njoku can go out there and have a monster game. The next week get overlooked. So who knows? Um, Cook, we saw what he did with the Raiders. Incredible year last year with the Raiders. He did well with Green Bay the year before. So Cook is really solid. Um, the only problem is is the Saints used to use the tight end a lot. Remember Jimmy Graham? They Last year... They haven't. They've have not been all over the tight end. Every time a tight end goes there, you know they might have a game here and there. But I think with Cook's talent, they'll use him more. So maybe Dino Dan starts Cook. Maybe he goes back and forth and swaps him. Either way, he's got two potentially good tight ends, like Evan Ingram. You know, that's whole thing is there's a lot of really good tight ends, but they're on teams that don't use the tight end. It's what you need to do is look for a team that relies on that. I really like Delaney Walker, even though he's old, because. As, wait, let me get this straight. As long as Mariota is the quarterback, he loves to go to Delaney Walker. I'm actually hoping that the quarterback changes within the first few weeks, if not as soon as the season starts, to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Tannehill is no Tom Brady, but Tannehill has some talent. Tannehill will take a chance. Tannehill will make uh, my Corey Davis sp- spike up in uh, potential. And that's what I want, you know, you, and... Somebody that knows how to throw the ball more. But if not, if it stays with him, whoever has Delaney Walker, I can't remember who has him in our league. They got a pretty good – that's what I'm saying. Delaney Walker I don't think is physically any better than than Njoku, and especially, or especially Njoku and then possibly Cook. But two good tight ends, but in their offenses, we'll see how they do. I give his tight ends a C+. That's the lowest score in Dino Dan's entire team. A lot of teams will get the C, C rating at tight end. But he is C+, like I said. And let's get to his defense. You could start either of them. He kept them both under one-year contract, which was smart. 
Not only because he kept them both and he can switch in and out, in and out based on matchups, but he kept another guy from getting them. And he has one he can trade. So let's cover him. The Rams. I'm assuming he's going to start with the Rams. There will be some tough games, but the Rams have so much talent. You know, I mean, even though they lost in Dominican Sue, they got Clay Matthews. Will he be able to make a uh, clean hit without getting flagged? That was ridiculous. Go watch those hits if you ever saw with Clay Matthews. He got so host. And some of them, they're just like, he did not body slam him. He did not pancake him. He just made a clean tackle and they flagged it. And it's almost comical. You know, I'm, I am I would watch the highlights again. Like uh, recently, I was watching them just going through my phone on YouTube and I saw some of them. And I'm shouting. You know, I'm shouting like, how are they flagging that? I'm talking like I'm watching the game live. It was insanely ridiculous to call those. Um, but Clay Matthews is there. You know, they got um, Eric Weddle. Weddle, his best years are obviously behind him in San Diego. He did okay in Baltimore. I don't expect much out of him, but, you know, see what the Rams can do. The Rams defense with Wade Phillips, it's all about the coaching. Wade Phillips is a great D coordinator. I think the Rams uh, defense is set. And you got the league MVP, Aaron Donald, and I think Dino Dan uh, has him on his team as well. Oh, no, no, no. That's right. My bad. Steve took him. Steve took him. You know Steve's going to take him. He's always got to have... have uh, those West Coast guys. Steve's all about the West Coast. He can't escape it. Sorry, Steve, but you can't escape the West Coast. It's in your blood. Even though I think you, I don't know, did you come from the East? You went to college out there. You'll have to clear me up on that one next time. Um, So Rams and Broncos. I mean, any team that has Von Miller, same thing. We saw what the Broncos did. Are they the same team that was in the Super Bowl that dominated the Panthers? No. Are they still an elite defense? Yes. They're still ranked in the top five. Uh, so Dino Dan has the best defensive unit and will cover his defensive players. Khalil Mack, enough said right there. I'm not going to go into a big speech, just like I wouldn't with Aaron Donald. Uh, we all know who Khalil Mack is. We saw what he did on that game against the Packers. And what's crazy with Khalil Mack, I know everyone went crazy when he got traded last year from the Ra- from the Raiders, and they mocked John Gruden and stuff. Uh, the pick, actually, I think uh, got them Josh Jacobs. Um, I can't remember. That might have been from the Cowboys. Anyways, they got three picks. Uh, I think it was a good move because they weren't going to pay him the money, so why would you continue to keep him around? If you invest all that money in him, they're not going to be able to make other things such as Terrell Williams or Antonio Brown. Uh, and the fact that Mac did all that – I mean, does anyone remember watching that game, that Sunday night game, the opener? Mac did – he had a defensive touchdown, a strip. I think he had a sack, a forced fumble. He was everything that night, and they still lost. That was the whole thing. He 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 can account for so much, and if the the Bears' offense doesn't move the ball, if the Raiders' offense, which was not great at all, you know, Derek Carr was, had a very high rating. He had one of the best completion percentages of his life and had a really good solid season, but their offense was still not that good at all. What good is Mac gonna do? He I mean, is he gonna win you one game? Did the Raiders really need that last year? So, but fantasy news, it's great. It's great for Dino Dan. Mac is a beast, and he's got Keekley. Uh, and he's got the number one. I'm going to have to say number two now. I know in the past, Keekley's always been number one. He's always been the A-plus linebacker. He's the one where he still pops in my head as soon as you think, oh, defensive player, I want Keekley. But once I saw Darius Leonard uh, last year after that second game where he had 19 tackles against the Redskins, that's when I said, okay, I can trade Keekley, pick up Leonard, get a receiver because I had none, and I got Amari Cooper for Keekley. You know, and it worked out for Dino Dan. He got a great defensive player, and it worked out for me. Um, only because Cooper got traded. If he stayed in Oakland, who knows? He's a crapshoot. One week he'd be great. Next week he was terrible. But Dino Dan, yeah, he's got Keekley. So got him on a one-year deal. Now he's got Mack, who he drafted. So 
I mean, Dino Dan, you got the Rams and Broncos and Keekly and Mack, both of them A's. Uh, with the defensive units, I don't give pluses or minuses, just a straight up grade. So Dino Dan, if he did, it would have been A plus for both. But you got A's on both of them. Uh, I don't think another team in our league will have a defensive player. And and before you go, oh, you know, it's just a defensive player. You know, it's just a solid defense. Well, even the best defense at times can struggle. So that's why with two of them, Dino Dan can play mix and match and really dominate. Let me tell you, week one, a couple two years ago, not last year, I remember week one when Christian had the Jaguars, when we had, uh, I think it was our second season maybe with ESPN, but we had kind of changed some of the defensive scoring. But it, it, everyone didn't get it. So it wasn't like, okay, everyone was getting massive games. Christian had the Jaguars, and they went off for like 45 or 50 points. If you get a defense that goes off for 40 points or, or 50 all you need is everyone else to get you 10, and you almost got to win. We have eight, That's eight other guys on your roster. Just give me 10, and that's going to be in the one, 130s plus. I mean, that that's usually a win. Not always. In our league, we know it, it doesn't mean it is. But there are games where some teams get 112, 115. And when your defense comes up with 40 or 50, and then your defensive player, Darius Leonard, ask Austin, man. Darius Leonard won several games for me last year with 45-point game, 38-point game couple 30s and high 20s, that's a difference maker. Because then all you got to do, it's the same thing with the tight end with Brian. Then all you got to do is match your opponent. Hope to get a, a 50, just get some consistency. And then if Dino Dan has the Rams and Keekly go off for 30 and 30, that's 60 freaking points, dude. That's, you know, and then, then Dino Dan just goes, okay, Breeze, go get me 20. Mac, Jones, get me 10 each. And he's got the win. I mean, unless unless you get a game like last year where uh, Dino or was it Steve and Elijah played week one, and Steve scored like 190 and lost to Elijah, who scored like 205. I mean, th- you can't do anything about that. But having a good defense, and that's why I drafted Jacksonville in the fifth round last year. I was taking a gamble, thinking, and they were terrible, you know. So it bit me in the butt. But if you can get a solid defense like Dino Dan has, that can be the difference from making the playoffs or not. So that's Dino Dan's team. Um, his team grade overall is a B. As you saw, we had a B, B minus, a B, a B, a C plus, and then a couple A's. Uh, he gets a B, um, just like Matt's. But this is where Dino Dan's team elevates, I think, over Matt, besides the defense. Because we saw Matt, he had two B's, Dino Dan had two A's. That if they played each other, the defense would be the difference in the game, most likely, unless one player just had a you know insane game. Um, Dino Dan. I've looked at only about six teams that I've ranked so far, and he has the number one bench, and it's a B plus. So I don't know who, you know, using the pass, Brian has always been the most balanced. I remember last year he had guys like Kerryon Johnson on his bench. I mean, he had guys we were like, oh, my gosh, people would, you know, give their pinky to get some of the players on his bench. So Brian usually does that. Um, but Dino Dan, solid bench. I'll cover some of his guys. Sammy Watkins, I've heard some reviews say, oh, Watkins, don't draft him, don't draft him, he could be a bust. Well, Dino Dan didn't draft him in the third round. You know, he got him an equivalent in our league to about the seventh or ninth round, somewhere around there. So, Sammy Watkins, he could he could be a flex, possibly a wide receiver on some of our teams in that Chiefs offense. Rashard Penny, before anyone says, oh, we know Chris Carson, I know, Jose's got Chris Carson. Chris Carson's supposed to have a monster year. They're talking about him getting 50 catches. If you had 50 catches to Chris Carson, dude, he's a he's a running back 10, like a top, you know, a top 10 running back. He almost was last year. He might have been. I could be wrong. But if you add those, those catches, oh, my gosh, he's a beast. But Chris Carson does have an injury history. And secondly, they might – 
not have to do that as much, and they don't want to wear him down. Rashard Penny's a great grab right there for Dino Dan, and he got him late. Rashard Penny has potential to be really good in a run-heavy offense. He could be good for a bench. I would take that. Like I said, Tom Brady might be his backup. One of them will be on his bench, Brady or Breeze. I don't know. Naheem Hines, I mentioned how he could be. Like Some weeks, you might have Mac and Hines. You can have both and still get. They can combine for RB1 stats. Uh, you might get one get nine points and one get 20. That's 30 points. I'll take a 15-15 average for my running backs when you got like defenses. I mean, there's so much strategy in the Dino Dan team, and he's got such a good team. And like I said, the Broncos defense. If you look at his bench, his bench can play as almost a small team as starters against other teams. I mean, if you play Dino Dan's bench against some team some weeks, he, he might outscore them. That's how good his bench is. Not an A, doesn't have any insane superstars on there, other than, like I said, his defense is that he doesn't play that week. But overall, his bench is a B plus and his team is a B. So excellent team for Dino Dan. Excellent team. Um, if I had to rank both both of them since they both got Bs, I like... Um, man, it's tough. If you look at just the offense, I would say Matt's team is better, but... Those defenses, man. Those defenses in our league really win it for us. It just check the history in our league, especially since we joined ESPN. The defenses win. I'd probably have to say I like Matt's players overall. When you got Gurley, Josh Jacobs, Mike Evans. See, that's what Dino Dan's missing. As of now, like I said, Dino Dan, you can go back at the end of this year. Galladay and Westbrook might be like top 12 receivers, and everyone will be drafting them first and second next year. You know, first overall, second overall. Who knows? Mack. I'm pretty sure uh, Mac and Jones are probably going to be kept under contract, depending on how they go for you for next year. You've got a lot of room. You'll have all 10 contracts opened up. Um, but as of now, Matt's got Gurley. He's got the young blood with Josh Jacobs. He's got Mayfield, who uh, I would probably like more than Brees and Brady. He's got Mike Evans, who's an A-plus receiver. He is a superstar. And so that's the only edge I give over Matt. He's got more big-name superstars, but Dino Dan might have another top-to-bottom top better roster, especially if you include bench. So those are the two team reviews. I'm going to try to finish this up quick for anyone who's actually listening still. I don't know if you guys just skipped through it or if you're actually listening to the whole podcast, if anything is interesting while we go. Um, let's hit up a few things right now. Um, I wanted to cover some side notes. Uh, I thought it was funny how if you look at um, after the draft – I drafted Austin Eckler because I knew there was potential there. Uh, all the Melvin Gordon talk, a lot of the talk with Melvin Gordon, if you've been keeping up, is that he seems more likely to not come in till maybe week 10, if at all. And I, just like Le'Veon Bell last year, I think he's probably done as a Charger. Unless something changes, just the feel I get, I, he's, he does not seem like he even wants to be a Charger. Um, if they tra- He could be traded and be on a team tomorrow, so I'm not going to say he's not coming out. But if everything stays pat... He seems like he might sit out more games. So I assumed, oh, Austin Eckler, grab him. And then Christian made a great move a couple rounds later and gra- grabbed uh, Tony Pollard. You know, Zeke looked like he was coming in. If you heard all the experts, they were even Jerry Jones, they were saying Zeke would be there week one. Zeke is going to be there week one. Uh, who's Zeke? And Jerry trying to joke around. And now it looks like they won't need him the first three weeks. They could possibly be 3 0 without him. So they're trying to going to try to put the. the the clamp down on Zeke and stress him out, cause him to pull his bluff and come in. Um, so there's potential Zeke might sit out. So Christian, great grab because he needed him without Melvin Gordon. So Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, the debate would come up. Who would you rather have? I'd be honest. If, if let's say both of them are coming back in a month, 
Um, I'd rather have Tony Pollard. If both running backs, Melvin Gordon and Zeke, were coming back, I'd rather have Tony Pollard. One, the Cowboys have a way better, the best offensive line in football, a way better line for Pollard to run behind. Um, two, their offense is based off the run game. Uh, I know they will probably rely on Dak Prescott a little more now to spread the ball around. That might actually help me. I might get Amari Cooper more stats now that Zeke is gone. But I think they're based on a run-heavy offense, so Pollard would be better. While Eckler, still great. I still think he can get 15, 20 points a game. Um, he's still going to have to share some touches with, uh, what is it, Justin Jackson. Um, that um, Eric wisely drafted. A lot of us forgot him. I forgot about him. I got Eckler. I didn't think anything of him. Maybe Christian should have got him, but Christian did leave the draft. But uh, Eric did draft him. Smart move by Eric because now um, if anything happens to Eckler or if, if they even split time, Jackson's going to get a lot of – he can go out there and easily get 100 yards. He can easily be uh, a solid RB2. So – but seeing how the situation is now, let's say that Zeke comes back in a month. Gordon, like I said, I don't see him coming back to week 10 unless something changes. I I think Eckler is the better grab um, just in the mere fact that when the other one comes back, Eckler will still get – touches with with Melvin Gordon there Eckler would still get 20 point games because he's the receiving back as well third down back sometimes he'd come in he's a change of pace back Jackson would almost disappear if Gordon came back but Eckler still Pollard we'll see what he can do um would he I mean would they lighten the load for Zeke they haven't yet do you really think Jerry Jones is going to say hey Zeke I just paid you a grip of money go out there and we're going to lighten your load um I don't see that I think they're going to say look I'm paying you all this money we're going to we're going to use you, and we're going to get our money's worth. As Eric, that's Eric's famous quote. If you hang out with him enough, he loves to say that. Getting my money's worth. I'm getting my money's worth. Gets all his free ice cream, root beers at at uh, Rupert Floats at Soup Plantation, or when he goes to uh, Dickies. Um, so, yeah. So I think uh, they would pull an Eric and be like, "I'm getting my money's worth." And I don't know if Pollard would even have that much value other than a handcuff. Um, if something did happen to Zeke, if they did wear him out. But I think for now, that's a great grab for Christian. I think that pickup uh, will be valuable because with fantasy football, I mean, it's all about win that week. Don't think, oh, what am I going to do in a month? Win that week and worry about next week, next week. You know, I mean, you never know with injuries, waiver wires, anything. Uh, something else can change. Look at Philip Lindsay. Week, week one, Brian picked him up, waiver wire pickup, and now he has him under contract. Why? Because he was freaking awesome. That's why. And nobody saw that. Everyone thought it was Royce Freeman, Royce Freeman. So Christian did the right move, get Pollard. He might get him in there. Uh, I got Eckler just as a, in case because I thought he had talent. And then Dino Dan flipped out because he was waiting to grab him next. I had no clue. I actually forgot about him until that pick came up because I realized I have no running back if Zeke goes out. I didn't have anybody. You know, all the running backs were gone by the time I picked 13th overall. Um, everyone had taken them. I thought I was hoping for Derrick Henry or somebody, but they were all gone. And so it comes down. I wanted to talk about that. Remember at the time, some people mentioned, oh, how do you feel about that Zeke trade now, Danny? You know, Zeke might sit out. Um, I had no picks in the first round. I lost that fourth and seventh. And I jokingly rubbed the trophy and said, yeah, you know, it is worth it. I did win. Um, it was. When I traded for him last year, it was to win last year. You know, I knew we had the contract league, but I don't plan on keeping Zeke more than two years. I mean, Austin and I were talking about it when the Rams played the Cowboys in the playoff game over here. I mean, he's had so many carries. How much more can he take? You know, he's not a guy I would want four-year contract or something. But, yeah, it was worth it. It was worth the trade, trading the draft picks. Anytime you get it, get it. 
And then cover Christians. Was Christians worth it? If you look at it now, seeing the aftermath, probably not. It's probably not worth it. We don't know. If at the, this second I'm talking in this on this podcast, no, Christian might say it's not worth it. But I think he made the right move. Christian's team last year, with two weeks left, was in first place in the number one team. You know, Brian was just beating us by scoring, but you had Christian, myself, and Austin all fighting for that division and the t- number two seed. Uh, while Brian had the one seed almost locked up, he had to win that last game and he got it. Um, but we were all fighting each other for it. And Christian, at one point, was two weeks to go. He was the one seed. Um, and the only thing, if you looked at his team, was he didn't. Now we, he had Chubb, but we didn't know. You know, everything would happen with Chubb the way it did, the way it went down. Uh, but he had Chubb, and he, he. I remember him getting that trade, and we specifically talked to each other. We. We specifically talked to each other, and he said, you know, if Melvin Gordon gets hurt, you know, it's going to hurt me big time. I'm screwed because that's going to hurt him in the playoffs. And Gordon did get hurt, but what's he going to do? I love the move when he made the trade. I thought when he originally did it, six picks, you know, from this year and next year was too much. I know his theory behind it, but he could still get them like he did. He redid the trade, and I thought first, second, and third, you can never tell someone they overpaid if that's what they want. I've done that. You know, I was, I, I've overpaid for guys who I want. Um, and I thought Christian made the right move. Because if Melvin Gordon doesn't get hurt, Christian might have gotten the one seed. Christian could have been holding his second championship and getting that first belt for him. So that's what it's all about. I love the move Christian did. You gamble, you know, just like Jerry Jones, man. Be a gambler. Uh, and Christian was a gambler. And we'll see if it hurts him this year. The good thing is he still has Melvin Gordon. He's going to hopefully eventually play, and he's got Melvin Gordon next year when he, I believe he will play, probably on a new team. But uh, next year, he can, Christian's got all his guys locked up for two, so Christian can be the exact same team. He could try to make playoffs this year, and he'll be the exact same team next year. And if he gets a trophy out of it, yes, he will be the first to tell you, heck, yes, it was worth it making that trade. I don't think he made the wrong move. Um, and how, who's, who's going to think Melvin Gordon's going to hold out and do all this nonsense? I wouldn't have. I mean, Christian had a solid chance to, to – he still does, but he had a solid chance with his receivers. He's got a great receiving core, and then that's all he needed last year was a A-plus running back, and he got it with Melvin Gordon. Um, but with Chubb, too, you know, and then it, what was funny was he had made the trade, then Chubb went off and had like a career day, and you're almost like, oh, man, did he make the wrong choice? Could he have done just Chubb in a first-round pick? I think if, if he had made the trade at the draft this year, I think he could have said, hey, I'll give you Chubb and a second-round pick. You know, and he could have got the deal done. Um, but, you know, we don't know. We don't know what's down the road. I love the trade Christian made, and I would, I, if I was him, I would have done the exact same thing. I would have uh, probably offered a little less, but if that's all Steve offered, I would have done it. I would have said first, second, third, deal. Let's do it. And I think Christian would have, if, if Gordon stays healthy, I think he probably ends winning that division. It, me and Austin played each other at the end. I think uh, then Austin and Christian played, and Gordon got hurt. I think Christian beats wins beats Austin that game and then wins the division, gets the bye week and who knows goes from there. You know I would have had to play in the first round. I would have played Austin and who knows what would have happened. But I think uh, in the end I think Christian made the right move regardless of how it looks now. Uh, let's cover some other things. Uh, there was another trade. Once again I love to get in trades and once again everyone loves to scream veto. That trade as of now looks really stupid. I traded Royce Freeman who I didn't plan on using. You know. He's going to split time probably, everything I hear with Philip Lindsay. But Royce Freeman is a solid running back. Um, 
but I heard there was potential, you know, when you go out there and start listening and hearing, listening to other shows and hearing other things. I heard there was potential trade where Kenyon Drake might have got traded to the Texans for that Jadavian Clowney trade. And if that had gone through, Kalen Balaj, who I traded for, who's not really much right now, you know, I mean, he's not going to do anything. He might just rot on my bench. But Kalen Balaj would have been the starter, you know, so I traded Royce Freeman uh, to Brian, who now has Royce and Philip Lindsay. A great move for Brian. Either way, he's got the handcuff, and if they split time, he's got them both. Uh, great move for Brian. Um, it might end up being a great what – what if something happens to Lindsey and now he's got Royce Freeman all alone? Oh, my gosh. Royce Freeman on that Bronco team where he gets you know majority of the touches, 20 touches a game, you're looking at a top 10 RB easily. That could be you know uh, a Solomon Trophy move, and it wasn't even initiated by him. It could be the bonehead – uh, of the of the season, but just like Christian, it's a gamble. You know, I took a gamble. Maybe, hey, I could get the Dolphins' new starting running back and give up a guy who might just be a, in a timeshare. So, if anyone questions that deal, that's what it was. Could be a blunder. It could be a great move, but that's what it's all about with trades. So that was the, that trade. Um, and then we let's go over some other things. I saw some waiver wire moves. We talked about Matt dropping Will Fuller and getting uh, Dante Moncrief. Uh, a move I just noticed today was a great move by Jacob. I can't believe I didn't think of it. It was a great move. Um, when Edelman got hurt, I was like, oh, man, who could you grab right now? You know, who, what, what's the receiver to grab? The Patriots have several, and the best one is Josh Gordon. He's taken. And then Demarius Thomas went out and had like seven catches or eight catches last night. Played great in that offense, showing that he's 100% back. And Jacob picked him up. Great move. You know, that, that was awesome. He dropped um, Josh Allen who could have a big year for Buffalo, but, you know, if Jacob doesn't plan on using them, why have two quarterbacks? You know, only keep two quarterbacks uh, if you plan on using both. If you do, if you just have one just to be a backup or you just want it maybe as a trade like Austin did last year with Watson and Breeze. But great move. I really like that move for, for uh, Jacob. Another one was a Christian. I did know his Christian made. And here's one of those things you look at it and you go, well, why the heck is he grabbing not one, not two, but three Dolphin players? Um one of them, I can't remember his name. Was it Williams? He's the wide receiver. I've heard some good things. This is possible sleeper for him. I actually had him on my watch list. So good move, Christian. Nice grab. He has potential, and it's your favorite team. You can never go wrong with there. It's the only reason I have Daryl Henderson. He's got potential, and he's on, on my favorite team. Um, and then he grabbed a couple other, uh, I believe, the tight end. Um, but some other Dolphins. You know, If you're going to go down or if you feel like, hey, you know what? Uh, they're just going to sit on my bench. You might as well use some guys from your team. You know, you know, who knows more about your team than yourself a lot of times as well. But of his four players, Christian, yes, dropped four guys and made four grabs. Remember, we had to draft some of them for him. He probably said, these guys suck. I'm going to draft. I'd rather have guys I want. So he went out and got them. My favorite grab, and this is another guy I literally heard today listening to a show, them talk about Marquise Goodwin and Debo Samuel. And I almost picked up Samuel just because it's my son's last name. And Samuel loves the 49ers, and when he uses the Madden game, he sees Samuel in there, and he starts busting up. But Debo Samuel, they're saying Marquise Goodwin could be the, the big X factor and get some big plays, or Debo Samuel could. You know, I heard somebody mention stashing them both, and then whatever one comes out on top week one, maybe run with him. And Christian got Debo Samuel, which was a great move because that guy's got major potential in that 49er offense. And I don't know his college history about injuries, but we know Marquise Goodwin injury, injury history. So – Great grab. Those are the kind of grabs where in two, three weeks, it could cost, could give you a win, a bonus one, or could give you a trade chip. But those are the moves that I love, and Christian was on top of it. So a couple good moves with Demarius Thomas for Jacob and Christian grabbing Debo. 
What you got on my 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 forty, homie? Yo, Debo. If you don't know what that's from, then uh, you're too young or you don't like good movies. All right, that's gonna do it. It's at fifty nine minutes. We are done. All right, so you guys have a good time. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show. Thanks.